unleashed from heaven when his people pray. Amen? It's true. And as we are learning, there is power when we pray bold. When we as the church learn who we are in Christ, learn who Christ is, the authority that he has, and we stand in that, it changes how we pray. And God rushes to his people when they pray with great faith, confidence, and boldness. When we pray bold, heaven moves. And as we learned last week, there are, in the heavenly realm, spirits that are set on our destruction. There are principalities, powers, rulers, rulers of the darkness of this age, the Bible says, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. The battles that we fight today are not against flesh and blood. Oh, it's easy to get focused on that politician, on that person, on that neighbor, on that person at work, on that uh, celebrity, and think that is our problem. Look, the Bible is clear. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against those forces in spiritual places. And we have been given the power and the authority to pull down those strongholds, to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to Christ. Amen? And that happens when we learn to pray bold. So today, we take another step in this journey. Because I want to get to a place for myself, and I want us to get to a place as a church where we stand in a new level of boldness, authority, and confidence in our prayers. I want us to get to that place where we are pulling down strongholds, where we're doing battle, spiritual warfare, where we wrestle for that loved one who's caught in that sin, where we do battle against the forces that hold our community and our nation captive. When we learn to do that kind of battle, we're going to get there in this series, but it is critical that we first go through some training. This is not for the spiritual kindergartner. This is for the one who's ready to grow up, step up, and leave behind some elementary things. Amen? And it's time that we as a church do that in our day. It's going to require some tactical training. It's going to require some weapons training. It's going to require some readiness training, some strategy training, some endurance training, some combat training, some enemy awareness training, and some mission clarity training. Because most of the time, you and I stop after we've prayed before a meal or prayed some bedtime prayer. I don't discount either of those. But I'm telling you, that's not warfare. There is another level of warfare that you and I are called to. So I want us to walk into that. I want us to get to that place. And I want to start today by undoing one of the things that the enemy <clears throat> has used as a subtle but powerful tactic with Christians. Today, we are going to shine the light on that lie, we're going to cast it down, and we're going to loose a spirit of bold prayer, because here is the deception that the enemy 
wants us to believe. What difference will it make if I pray? Just out of honesty, how many would say, at some point, at some time, you have thought, God's gonna do what he's gonna do anyway, what difference will it make if I pray? How many, I'm, I'm putting myself in this, how many? All right, look, you're not alone in this room. We've all had that thought. There's nothing wrong with the thought, but what's important is that you answer that with truth because what happens is the enemy has an answer for that same question and his answer causes believers to say, eh, you're probably right. And so they check out of prayer. Now, you tell me, is that not a deceptive tactic of the enemy or not? Because our Father is not interested in us becoming disinterested in praying. He's very interested in us learning to pray. So today, we're gonna undo that lie, we're gonna undo that deception, but to do so, we have to go back to some elementary principles, some very basic concepts. So let's start with God. God. He is an unchanging God. In his character, in his nature, he has always been the same because he's always existed. He is the same today. He's the same God today as he was then. And he'll be the same God forever. Nothing changes who he is. He is not in some evolutionary process of becoming something he was not. He doesn't need anything from us to become all that he already is. He is true. He is just. He is all-powerful. He is all-righteous. He is all-knowing. He can do whatever he wants. He can do it whenever he wants. He has the authority. He has the knowledge. He has the strength. He can do what he wants, when he wants, because he is God, the unchanging God. His character, his nature does not change. So when you read the promises of Scripture and you see they applied to Moses and David and Mary, they still apply to me today too and you today too. The same God is the same. Now, with that in mind, God has designed and set up eternity so that there are some things that though he can do on his own, when he wants, whenever he wants, there are some things that he has limited and said in his word, I will do these when my people pray and not until my people pray. He can act and do whatever he wants when he wants. Sometimes he just acts out of grace and does it. But there are so many things that wait in heaven for God's people to boldly pray for. That's why it makes a difference when you pray. That's why there's power when we pray. Because though he is unchanging in his character, he changes in his activity when we pray. Let me say that one more time because this is, I've had a lot of conversations this week about this subject with people. And most people have started looking at me like I was crazy. Let me say it one more time. God is the unchanging God. In his character and nature, he does not change. His eternal purposes are not changeable. 
But there is activity here on earth that he has chosen to limit to when you and I pray. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Last time I checked, the last time I looked outside and looked on the internet, things on earth are not happening like they are in heaven today. Hello, did I miss something? Did it change before or after I got here this morning? No. And so we are praying to the unchanging God to change some activity on earth because Jesus taught us to pray that way. Are you with me so far? So let's just put the title out there today for what the message is. Here it is. Pray bold and change the course of God's hand. Does it make you feel uncomfortable or does it make you a little excited? Maybe a little bit of both this morning. I'm praying that by the end of the service, it gets you excited. All right. So let's do some things here. We know that God is active. And just because he has chosen to limit some things to hold them in heaven until we pray, it does not mean that when I pray, I have authority over God. Let's just get that clear right now. I don't pray and exercise my authority over him. The only authority I have is what I get from being under Jesus Christ. He's one with all authority. And I can only do what he gives me the power and authority to do. So I'm not talking today about um, you selfishly asking God for something you want in your life that's not according to his will and you demanding for God to do what you want him to do. I'm not saying that today. Are we all clear? But I am saying that God has established in his plan for eternity that there would be some things that would require us to pray bold before they happen here on earth. So let's talk about some things that the Bible says only happen when people pray. For example, salvation. No one is saved without them praying and repenting of their sin and telling Jesus they're going to follow him. No one is just randomly walking down the road saved. No one eases in to salvation. No one just happens to be saved and you don't even know how it happened. No, salvation begins when someone prays. In other words, that blessing in heaven is reserved until someone prays. Romans 10, 13 says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? I'm gonna need you to talk to me this morning. I'll make sure this is, that, that we're all hearing together. The second thing that only comes when we pray, the Bible says, is wisdom. You wanna get heaven's perspective you want to see what God sees? You want to see how Jesus wants you to handle that situation in your life? You get that when you ask. Proverbs 2 says this and James 1.5 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and it will be given to him. Only when you ask do you get it. It doesn't just randomly happen in your life. It doesn't just show up and say, oh my goodness, I'm so wise all of a sudden. 
It didn't happen that way. You don't get it until you ask for it. Wisdom is held in heaven until you pray and ask for it. Let's do another one. Answers to certain questions. Answers to longings that we've had, questions that have plagued us, answers about what to do next. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. You can't get it until you ask for it. If you got it without asking for it, I'd be careful about what you got. Right? But Jesus promised, if you ask, it will be given to you. Jesus also said that there would be some some things that won't find resolve until you ask for it. He said, ask and it will be given to you. He also said, seek and you will find. If you want to find some resolve, find some direction, find some closure, find the next step. You're going to have to seek. You're going to have to ask and he will give it. He's not a stingy God. He's not a selfish God. He's not a mean God, but he has established that only through bold prayers would it come. Also, open doors. Those come by us asking. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. You want to see God open some doors in your life to move forward, to understand what to do next, to draw closer to him? They come, that comes through praying, through praying bold prayers of faith. Let's keep going. Healing. And I'm going to put in parentheses in a land. But I'll also say in life. Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Then I will hear from heaven. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We're not gonna see healing come in our land just because we vote properly or as we think we should at the next election. Healing will only come in our land when God's people pray bold prayers of faith to God. He brings about change. He causes hearts to change. And he's promised that it comes through the process of prayer. I'd say that's true for our own life as well. You're looking for some resolve and some healing to happen in some relationships. You're looking for some healing to happen in the land of your family. You're looking for some healing to happen in the land of your community, whatever it is, even your own life. It comes through prayer, bold prayer. Also, the Bible says that Peace, peace in our heart, peace in our mind, peace in our emotions, those come through prayer. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't let anxiety and panic attacks grab hold of you. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It comes through prayer. It comes through bold prayer. It comes through believing God's promises. It comes through crying out to him. These things await us when we ask for them. I'd also say that the Bible says breaking strongholds only, I'm going to break this one here, only comes by prayer. So there's a story in the Gospels of where Jesus sent the disciples out and uh, he gave them the power to heal and the power to cast out demons. So these 70 disciples head out and they're like, wow, this is crazy. And they're preaching the gospel and people are getting saved and they're proclaiming uh, peace and they're proclaiming the righteousness of Christ and people are seeing freedom come into their life. They're seeing change come into their life. But they come across someone who is demon-possessed, who has a stronghold in their life. They've, they've submitted themselves to some lies and deceptions over time and now this stronghold has developed in their life and the disciples come and they try to cast out this evil spirit that's in this person, this stronghold that's taken a hold of them and they can't and they're puzzled and they're confused they get along with Jesus later and say hey Jesus you know this guy um, that we were with he was possessed he was a stronghold in his life we did what you said we we cried out and we spoke to him in the name of Jesus and how come we couldn't cast that demon out and Jesus said something incredibly profound he said that kind, that kind of stronghold, it only comes out by prayer and fasting. There are some strongholds in people's lives that can only come out when God's people choose to boldly pray and intercede, which that's coming in the series, intercede on behalf of them and break those bondages that are in their life. Bold prayers cause that to happen. They don't just happen randomly. They don't just happen without cause. God has chosen to set up eternity so that they are not broken until we pray boldly. So you start thinking about people that you know, family, circumstances, situations, where someone has believed a lie, is caught in some stronghold in their life and they can't get free. And it doesn't matter how often you've talked to them, how many Bible verses you've quoted to them, how many memes you've sent them on social media, it hadn't worked yet. I get it. There are some that only come out by prayer and fasting. Jesus would say to that. But also, angels, being dispatched. Those come by the power of prayer. We saw last week in the story of Daniel that Michael said, when Daniel prayed, he said, the moment you started seeking the Lord, I was sent to you. Not until then, not after then, but the moment he prayed, he was sent by God. There are some spiritual battles. There are some protections. There are some moves of God in our life that wait until you and I pray bold prayers of faith. 
Things that are not happening, haven't happened, and won't happen until we get to the place where we pray bold prayers of faith. And then I'm going to go ahead and put healing up here as one. I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I'm going to talk specifically about physical healing, emotional, mental. Because James chapter 5 says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. There are certain types of healing. Listen to me. There are certain types of healing that don't happen until we pray bold prayers of faith. That doesn't mean that every time you pray, every circumstance and every person is going to be healed in the way you think. But it won't happen at all until you do pray bold prayers of faith. These all wait in heaven. These all wait under reserve for those who will pray bold. Are you with me still so far? Is this a conundrum in your head so far? Are you wrestling inside so far? I hope so. God's word calls us to new levels of faith and understanding. Amen? Let me give you some examples of people in scripture that this actually happened to. Let's talk about Elijah in James chapter 5. The Bible tells the story in the New Testament about something that happened in the Old Testament. Elijah was a prophet, and he, he knew God's ways. And there came a day when he recognized that the people of God were in rebellion to God. And so he spoke this to them. He said, Lord, may it not rain again because of their wickedness. Heaven closed off. No more rain. One year, two years, three years Three years in one month, three years, two months, three months, four months, five months, three years and six months later, three years and six months later, Elisha prays again and says, God, we've seen your faithfulness. Lord, let it rain. Look out. You better get your umbrella quick because it's raining. Oh, it rained. God changed the course of his activity on the earth because of one man's bold prayer. The course of God's hand was changed because he prayed. That's in the book of James, chapter 5. The Old Testament also tells us a story about Moses in the book of Exodus. Exodus 32 tells the story of how Moses goes up on the mountain to meet with God. And God is giving him the law. And the people are down below the mountain. And while Moses is meeting with God... They are down below melting all their jewelry to make a God. And they make a God and they bow down to this God and they begin to say, this is the God that delivered us out of Egypt. And when God sees that, he says to Moses, I'm done with these people. I'm just done. I'm going to destroy them all. And Moses, I'm going to start over through you. Really? I mean, they're going to be called the children of Moses from this point forward? And Moses, I'm sure he had some conflicting thoughts in this moment, like, hmm, all right, the whole nation looks like me. Awesome, you know? I don't know. But Moses did an unusual thing. He talked back to God. And he said, God, 
you've given us promises that you would fulfill your word through Abraham and through Isaac. And God, if, if you do this, it's going to cause the nations to mock us. They're going to think you were faithless, that you weren't faithful at all to us. God, you, please, this can't happen. Please don't do this. And the Bible says a curious thing in Exodus 32, that God relented of what he was going to do. Now, if you want to get it real awkward, read it in the King James. It says God repented. He changed his activity. He did not change his nature. He did not change who he was. But because Moses prayed, God changed his activity in that moment. And he spared them. It's not the only story. There's another one in 2 Kings chapter 20 about a king named Hezekiah. God sends the prophet Isaiah to Hezekiah who is sick. Hezekiah is sick and Isaiah goes to him and says, hey, king, I'm really sorry. God told me you have a terminal disease and you're going to die. What? Yes, uh, your time has come. Put your things in order. You're about to die. And the Bible says that Hezekiah turned over in his bed and he faced the wall and he started praying. And he cried out to the Lord and he called on God who keeps his promises. And while he was praying, Isaiah was leaving like, well, that was a hard thing I had to do, but I'm, I'm leaving. And he left. And the Bible says while he was in the king's courtyard, that God spoke to him again and said, hey, Isaiah, go back. What? Why? He said, I'm going to give him 15 more years. All right. Isaiah goes back and says, the Lord has heard your prayer. He's given you 15 more years. Now glorify him in those 15 years. Is your head spinning yet? Is your heart, is your heart moved yet? Because here's the deal. God says for us that we can pray, not selfishly, not for our own selfish purposes, but based on his promises, we can pray and the course of our life that is on path filled with all of the things we've done in the past and set on a path for what is to be our future. The path that will unfold if things do not change. This is what is true for each one of us. But the Bible says that when we pray, we do something. We unlock heaven. We cause something to be opened here. We cause heaven to come to earth so that the will of God that is done in heaven, in this moment, is given to us and these things that we believe 
these things that we pray for, these things that we ask God for, when we ask in faith, when we ask in boldness, when we ask in confidence, they have the power to actually alter the course of our life and the hand of God be changed so that something different happens. And unless we pray, it will not. It will stay on the same path. That should not terrify you. It should give you a little bit of holy fear, but it should motivate you to say, I'm going to pray. Not because I'm greater than God, but because he is greater than me and he has reigned over all things. And in his great mercy and grace, he has saved me, made me part of who he is and asked me, calls me to pray so that the will of heaven is done when I pray. And if I don't, the will of the earth will just continue on the path that it does. Now, you know this is true because you know in your own life there have been times when there was a trajectory set. There was a course of events playing out and they were headed in that path and it was not a good path. But you prayed and you cried out to God and he changed that path. You know it. There are times you've experienced healing. There are times you've experienced reconciliation. There's been times that a check has come in the mail that you didn't think was coming. There are things that God has done and he didn't just do it randomly. He did it in response to you praying. Not that he couldn't. He can, but he chose to do it in this way. Here's what... Jesus said in Matthew 16. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. We've kind of covered that already today. Amen? Let me just say, there's great power in belonging to a church because it is the church that has the power to stand against the gates of hell. There's power when we are gathered together and we stand in the name of Jesus, the one who has all authority and power. Amen? But Jesus went on from here in verse 19, he said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He said, I'm going to give you access. I've told you before, I carry a key ring like this. These are the keys to all the doors in this facility. Now, there's a couple of doors I can't get in, but I call Craig when I need that. <laughs> but I do have access to a whole lot of the facility. And if you don't have this, you can't get in anywhere. But when you have this, you can go places. You can see some things. You can access some things. You can go to some places. You can enjoy what's there. You can use what's there. And Jesus said, the church, I'm giving them keys. I'm giving them access into the heavenly realm and I give it to them, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I give them access to all of these things so that what is done in heaven can be done on earth when they pray. 
I give that to them. And so what we're doing in this series is we're learning about the keys we've received. We're learning what they do. There's nothing worse than having a bunch of keys on your key ring and you have no clue where they go. You have no clue what they're for. You have no clue what they're supposed to do. That would be the worst. But when you have the keys, then you have access. So Jesus goes on and describes what this access does. He says, here's what it is. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Now, if you're looking for someone else to say similar things to what I'm saying, because I encourage you to, it's good for you to search the scriptures. It's good for you to check out other teachers. If you want to hear another solid pastor teach on this subject, look up Tony Evans online. Anything to do with prayer. Uh, he actually has a message he calls uh, how to change the mind of God. It's like, I, it just takes my breath away just to say it, you know, but I'm telling you, listen to it. Listen to his other messages on prayer and uh, binding and loosing all that solid biblical teacher. Look for confirmation, read the scripture. You see what you find. I'm not asking you to take my word, see what God's word says, but here he says, whatever, whatever it is that you, in the name of Jesus, in the consistency with faith in God's word, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Another way of kind of looking at this is whatever is already bound in heaven can come bound to earth, can happen on earth. Binding. Binding is when uh, you restrict someone. Binding is when you tie them up so that they can't do anything else, so that those who are being bound can no longer do what they once did. They don't have the power to exert themselves. They don't have the influence that they once did. Binding. So Jesus says the church has been given the keys to the kingdom. And one of the things that they can do in the kingdom now with these keys is bind some things. I believe Jesus is talking about some evil spirits. He's talking about influences in our life that want to take hold. Whenever spirits of doubt, anxiety, Bitterness, rage, insecurity, stubbornness, addictions. Whenever those spirits start approaching us, and this is how it all starts, by the way, it happens in the spirit realm before it happens in your mental realm. It happens in the spirit realm before it happens in your emotional realm. That's why if you want to get delivered from some things, you have to see a, a person who's a counselor who's spiritual first before they're mental before they've got a degree on the wall, make sure they've got a degree with God. Because you're not going to see strongholds broken by just some mental conversation. You'll see strongholds broken when there's a spiritual conversation with God. And you know someone who knows how to use the keys. Amen? So Jesus says, you get to bind some things. This is part of your responsibility. You're going to bind some spirits that have locked you up and locked others up. You're gonna restrict them from having the power that they do. You're gonna restrict them from having the influence that they do. And I'm telling you, this is the day in which the church must learn how to stand in authority and bind some things. Because there's some evil spirits loose today. There are principalities, powers, rulers in the darkness of this age and hosts of wickedness in heavenly places that are having their way in people's lives. 
that relative that you've got that you think, what is wrong with them? It's spiritual before it's anything else. Say, how can they make those decisions? If I could just get into a conversation with them, maybe a debate with them, it would probably help. I'm sorry, you're not gonna debate somebody into heart change. You might debate somebody into changing their mind, but they won't change their heart because those issues are spiritual before they're mental. The things that are going on today in our world where people are choosing to listen to their urges and appetites over everything else, that's spiritual before it's anything else. It's a denial of God and his ways. That's a spiritual matter. And until you and I learn how to enter into spiritual warfare and bind some spirits, put some locks on them and say, look, you let go of my daughter. You don't have any work and realm in her life because I'm her father and I'm praying in the name of Jesus and I believe you've given me to her and I stand in authority as her father and I ask you, Jesus, to work in her life and set her free from those spirits of anxiety. Boom. Stuff happens when you do that. There's power in that kind of prayer because the moment you pray that way, God unleashes some angels and warfare takes place in the heavenlies and you start praying bold. Whenever you start feeling some anxiety come on, and this is me, hello, I've told you my story plenty of times. Whenever I start feeling that come on, I've got to start renouncing some things. I've got to start saying, you spirits of anxiety and fear and doubt, you be gone from me. You have no authority in my life. Jesus has given me clarity and peace with God. He's given me a mind that is clear and clear about what his love is toward me and his purpose that is for me. And I rest in that. You bind those spirits. You bind them from other people in your life. You bind spirits of uh, immorality, spirits of, as I mentioned, anxiety, spirits of stubbornness, spirits of resistance. Those are spiritual before they are mental. So Jesus says, you've got the power, the authority to bind them, but they won't happen until you pray boldly and then they'll be unleashed and poured out from heaven and a path will be altered, whether it's you or a loved one. Amen? But Jesus said, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Loosed. Now, this is the opposite of binding. This is letting go, setting free, unlocking, setting them free to walk as God designed them to walk. Binding is a description of what you do when someone's trying to be deceived and affected by an evil spirit. Loosing is what you do whenever they've already been bound by it. Loosing is what they need. When someone's had their hands tied, they need to be loosed. We have been given the power through prayer of speaking promises of God and seeing people set free, to see them loosed. But it requires bold prayer on our our behalf for us to speak based on promises, speak with the urgency of God, speak with the persistence of faith, It says, I am not going to stop praying until I see them set free. I really believe, based on what I read in Scripture, that no person is even saved until someone prayed for them. 
to be saved. And it may not be someone here on earth, but there's someone else in heaven who's praying for us. And that's Jesus our Lord. It doesn't happen until someone prays. So we're going to loose some things. We're going to loose some people from spirits of depression. Loose people from some spirits of bitterness. From spirits of greed. From spirits of hopelessness. From spirits of rebellion. From some generational patterns. And loose them into spirits of the peace of God. Loose them into places of great boldness and faith. Loose them into change in their life where they are no longer like they were. And Jesus has given us the power for that. Now, my guess is that some of this is getting real personal for you, not just in your own life, but my guess is there's some faces rolling through your mind and heart right now of some people who are bound, who are caught. And you've had conversations and it hasn't changed a thing. Even what's happening in our culture today is a result of principalities and powers and hosts and rulers. And when the church stands up into who it is and starts praying, praying boldly, then there will be change. Amen? Now, I want to close by addressing one specific spirit that I think has infected and affected the church. Emily mentioned it earlier. I mentioned it as I begin my message, and it is this spirit that says, it doesn't matter if you pray. There's nothing wrong with asking the question, does it matter if I pray? Now you have an answer. Don't let the enemy use that moment and say, it really It's not going to change anything. That is a deceptive spirit from the enemy. It is a lie. And I want us to pray, acknowledge that as a lie, reject it as a lie, and then say, God, loose in us a spirit of boldness to grab a hold of promises, hold to them tenaciously, and pray until we see them come to pass. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that in your sovereignty you have given us the privilege, the grace of praying, of allowing us to talk with you, the holy, unchanging God. You call us and invite us to pour ourselves out before you, to come boldly before you because yours is a throne of grace, to ask and we will receive, to knock and it will be opened, to seek and we will find. So God, I'd say first, forgive us for being so weak in our faith. Forgive us for believing a deception that would say it doesn't matter whether we pray or not. God, we reject that today as a lie. We reject that today as a spirit that is sent to distract us and keep us from praying. 
We bind that spirit from this church. We bind it from our lives to never answer it again in its lie. But instead, God, we choose to answer it now with truth that you call us to pray and to believe when we pray and have great faith when we pray and that when we believe what we have asked, we will receive it. Those are your words. So we stand on that today. We stand on the truth that when we ask, we will receive. We stand on that and we loose the spirit of boldness into this place today. I pray it will forever change how we pray, how we see life, how we see our circumstances. God, I know you're moving in hearts. You're moving in our minds today. I pray that our thoughts would be subjected to your thoughts. I pray that our spirit would be filled with your spirit and that we would pray bold. We, we would cry out to you, bold faith, to see change happen, that the kingdom of heaven would come to earth, the keys for which you have given us, and that your will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. God, we ask all of this, not in our name, not in our own wants, but in the want of heaven and in the one who has given us that authority, our Lord Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen.